So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, time for a state of the market with my co-host, Mr. Aaron Amucha Steggy. Aaron, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? I cannot wait to talk about this stuff today. We hit the end of the year, the real estate market and the real estate news is going to be a ton of fun. So talking about real estate news, Aaron, let's start out with some real estate news about real estate rock stars and Rebus University. Talk, talk to me about this, dude. Yeah, so the so Pat, you know, uh, Pat and I have been talking for a long time about how we could start to to work together and do more stuff. You know, like we mentioned last time I was on here, I love everything real estate with our different businesses, and we're super excited now that the that our other company Padhawk, uh, Padhawk.com, that creates real estate software to help real estate agents get leads, get listings, has now merged with real estate rock stars and Rebus University as kind of the official platform. So over the next year, you're going to start to see, even over the next few weeks, you're going to start to see some additional hosts coming on, trying to add on new topics. Uh, we're going to be trying to share more about, you know, different software and training opportunities. If you haven't signed on to Rebus yet, for Rebus University, we're adding more classes, more coursework, you know, trying to really take everything that Pat has done so far pour gas on it and really let, you know, add fuel to the fire. That's awesome. And I'm excited. So, yeah. So, you know, I know Paul Morris has, has hosted a couple of episodes soon to come and you yourself have, I know a few of our other past guests, Adam Roach, uh, Matt O'Neill from Matt O'Neill Real Estate Company, all, all coming on as, as hosts soon, right? Yeah, we've got so many guys that, yeah, we're, you had previously interviewed them. You know, people love their interviews on there. They did so good. And they've come on over the next few weeks to help us kind of fill in guest hosts, try to see, you know, each of their niches and see what the, really what the listeners want to, want to hear. So we're, we're, wait, we're excited about all the feedback we're going to hear on there. But yeah, uh, Adam Roach, Matt O'Neill, Paul Morris, you know, Ian's going to be doing some, you know, I, I, I'm doing a few of them. We're, we're really having a lot of fun with it to try to see uh, what people want to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, exciting stuff. Uh, well, let's get on to some uh, news, some real estate agent, real estate commission, real estate industry news. What do you want to talk about first today, Aaron? Well, the, you know, one of the fun, fun articles you and I have been pushing back and forth to each other was you know, the fun, exciting predictions from Compass, right? Or not, sorry, not from Compass, from Inman. So Brad Inman came in and he did 
the, the big predictions of 2020. The top of this title says, you know, NAR name change, retirement, big IPO. Let's start talking about that, Pat, as we, as we jump into, you know, taking those predictions. As I was reading them, I had to remind myself, these are just predictions. They haven't happened yet, but these are the fun predictions. And, and what do you think? Well, look, you know, if anybody knows, you know, if anybody is, is, uh, how do you say qualified to make predictions? I think Brad Inman is. I mean, he he runs the largest real estate newspaper out there and Inman News. And, uh, you know, he's read probably more articles about more of this stuff than anybody I know just as the, the, the you know, the chief of that company. But, but anyways, let's... Um, Let's uh, let's talk about this list. So, you know, the first thing on his list is there will be a booming real estate housing market, right? And he cites like ABCs, like a third grade can understand the, the, the way that I learn, right, is A, low interest rates, B, a growing economy, a good economy, right? Everybody, you know, very low unemployment. Everybody's got mo- everybody's got more money than they did a year ago. And C, uh, an expanding housing inventory, which which I, you know, a lot of people would debate C. So let, let's let's talk about this. Yeah, you know, and when he says booming housing market, I think there's a lot of different ways people could say you know, booming housing market. I think booming housing market means, you know, lots of sales, you know, prices continue to go up. You know, there, there seems to be there. And I think, and I, I believe in this prediction. I agree in this prediction, but I think there's, you know, there's going to be outliers, whether it's the entry level, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's not very much low income housing out there right now. So a lot of people that, that need housing are just completely priced out of their market. So they're going to be going to apartments no yeah, so I, I don't know what the hell it be, what expanding means. That's that's my point, right? I think we can agree that low interest rates, yes, right. We can agree growing economy, yeah. I mean, those are facts, right? Those are yeah. facts. Uh, the, the expanding housing inventory, though, you know, why would Bernie Sanders come out and say he's going to do a twenty five percent tax on house flippers on the profit on house flippers? What is the reason behind that the sole reason behind that Aaron yeah you know it is it says expanding housing inventory yeah what does that the the, the reason is you know why would Bernie say that what's the reason you're not getting me what's the reason oh just in order to prevent sales right to slow down flippers slow down to because it's not affordable yeah because the poor people can't buy houses right because the flippers like you are, are, are making these houses too expensive and they're not affordable. That's why he wants to tax flippers, right? So, so it, it, the, there's a lot of people that are agreeing with Bernie Sanders and saying, yeah, there's not enough affordable housing. There's not, there's not enough houses to buy. There's more people going into rentals. So the, the, the real estate market is not expanding. It, it, in especially for first-time buyers, it's contracting, and that's why that that's why Bernie Sanders came out and said, "Does that make sense?" That totally makes sense. You know, house flippers get a bad name for sure, and the and being able to kind of to say like, "Hey, we're going to tax this extra," it is so less people will want to flip houses. Maybe there'll be less competition at the person buying the fixer, because house flippers will come in and maybe they're able to pay more than the first-time home buyer because they can because they can see the opportunity and do more with it. So totally, yeah, the, the, it's definitely, if, if, that, if that happens, right, it would definitely slow down 
flippers slow down business completely and prices would have to drop. Well, I guess, yeah, I get what, well, but I guess if you're a real estate agent and you work with first time buyers and you work with flippers, you get paid the same commission on both. So I guess that would be kind of expanding, right? It would be because, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess maybe I'm short sighted and thinking, well, just because there's not enough affordable houses for buyers, it really means there's affordable houses for them, but, but they're dogs. I, I don't know. Maybe it just means that they're getting beat by flippers. What, yeah. what, what do you think? I mean, well, do you think- I, I also think flippers traditionally are going to use the same real estate agent. That real estate agent is usually going to have to list for only like one point instead of two and a half points in order to do it because they're giving them so much volume and things like that. So the, so I think as far as like total commissions out there that can be grabbed, I mean, you know, agents are going to get more commissions as a whole if it's, if it's not through flippers or big flipping companies and things like that, more the, the, the one or two off. So I, I can see that making an impact as well. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess when, the, when, when people and, and there can read a million articles about how that there's a potential for a housing shortage, but really it would be a potential for livable housing. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's plenty of housing. Look at Chicago, right? The streets are lined with vacant houses in areas, you know, Baltimore too. So you would call call that housing, but it's not livable. Yeah, I, I know, I'll never forget the first time I walked down the street in Jackson, Mississippi, and there was just hundreds of vacant houses uh, on, on either side. But yeah, it's, well, Anders are not houses where people want to move to. So many people are moving from California to Phoenix and California to Austin, Texas. So there's not necessarily a shortage in California anymore, but now there's going to be a shortage in those areas where people are flying into. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. All right, let's move on. So the number two is a big IPO. He's guessing, right, that uh, because Airbnb came out, uh, and, and Airbnb is a real estate company and had a very successful IPO, Compass Real Estate will file its S1 to go public. It'll be later in the year and not without difficulty. I'm reading. He says, management changes will precede its filing, precede. 
and a former Zillow executive will join the Compass team. I mean, it, a former Zillow executive will join the Compass team. Sure as hell seems like he's got inside information. Here. <laughs> yeah, talk about a bold, specific prediction. I think the idea is anybody that's going to that's gonna go big in the real estate space needs to find somebody from Zillow or, or you know, that's, that's done it before. I think I think with Airbnb IPO, it has shown everyone that like real estate technology, there's no shortage of real estate technology out there. And as they get big, you know, they can go. And, and I, can see, I can see it being Compass. This definitely sounds like inside information. But there's probably a handful of companies that could do it. I mean, what, is, what does Compass do? Do you, have, you used, do you, have you used the site? Have you seen what they do? I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't. It, it's, it's, it's so ambiguous. It's like, you know, it looks like Realtor.com. You know, it looks like the same website as Realtor.com, but maybe exclusive listings and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure if I got a Compass agent on here, they could they could break it down like a third grader can understand. And, uh, you know, we encourage one to, to reach out to us. And, and I think I've had a, a few on here before, but we really haven't asked, you know, to, to break down their technology, you know, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, it seems, it always seems like a big idea when they say, okay, this company is going to announce it's going public as if, as if there's no other public real estate companies. But what people have to understand yeah. is if you go, if you buy and sell stocks, you can look, you can look, you know, on the New York stock exchange and buy Remax today. It's a, it's been public forever. You can buy EXP real estate. Same thing. It's a public company, right? So, you know, I think some of the hype is is just that, right? It's just hype. It's a, well, what's the difference in a, than a company that already is public? Most of the real estate companies are public. Yeah. Well, and and a company going public is very different than a company like Airbnb going public, right? Like Airbnb is a, a real estate technology that wasn't based on agents and people. Like it's a tech, it's a real estate tech only um, that has become- It's a platform, huge, yeah. Yeah, it's become a juggernaut. So the so comparing those two and saying, hey, because Airbnb did good, now Compass is gonna file. I was kind of like, well, why would, it, why, why would he pick Compass over anyone else? But I know I know more people will go public this year. I just don't know how big- He loves really Compass. Is. I mean, he talked about Compass a lot, but, but um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, obviously- there's some something behind the the prediction. You yeah, know if, I mean? if this if this one gets exactly right, somebody's going to be asking him if he bought that stock early and what did he know? Because that's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a it is a it's you a probably very, can't yeah. yeah it's a very specific. Well, I mean, yeah, and again, you're assuming it's going to do well. I mean, like you look at Uber and Lyft. You know, they came out and went you know plummeted. So you know, I mean that. Again, it's hype, right? It's IPO. You know, it's IPO. What's the big deal? Well, EXP is public. You don't see people being like, oh, my God, hurry up. You know, and same thing with Remax. Remax has been going. And same thing with, you know, Rheology and, and um, Warren Buffett, you know, and, and his companies, right? They're, all that stuff's public. So, but, it, it, you know, anyways, it's interesting, right? It's news. Let's, let, let, let's move on. Let's talk about number three. He's got here Rheology's iBuyer program. And again, talking about um, public companies, right? So you got, the, they, they own uh, Better Homes and Gardens. Right? They own Century 21. They own Caldwell Banker. They own ERA and they own Sotheby's, yeah. right? So this is a big operator, right? They are expanding their tech called RealSure, Right. And uh, basically, he's saying that the real sure 
which is their iBuyer, I'll buy your home for cash, is going to partner with Zillow or Opendoor. Tell me about this. Yeah, the uh, you know, uh, uh, there's so many iBuyers out there, right? There's no shortage of, of iBuyer companies out there. You know, Zillow is fairly new at it, but Opendoor, I've sold a lot of houses to Opendoor. And I think with a lot of these too, they really, a lot of these companies came out swinging at the beginning. They made a lot of offers. Um, you know, they, they, they bought some houses, they sold some houses and they've learned a lot, you know? And, and so like, you know, in different places. We, well, we let me see. slow this down, Aaron. But, but you said you sold, you sold a bunch of houses to, to Opendoor. What happened? Like, what was yeah. it like? Yeah. So the, so I would. And you were really, happy the, with the prices. Yeah, the first the first five or six I sold to them, I was very happy uh, with that. So I would I would buy them as foreclosures, I would fix them, I would sell to them, and and pretty pretty quickly I was able to make you know seventy five percent of the profit I was going to make by selling it straight to them, and they were a cash buyer, so I didn't have to worry about ninety day flip rules, and so I got to see like hey selling this in a couple of weeks, and really and they were a good buyer. They would go do an inspection, they would have about a thousand dollars worth of repairs come up but they would close. And, and so like the first, you know, first ones that I did, it worked out really, really well. And all they did was go put a for sale sign in the yard and go relist it for the price that I was planning to sell it for. And not a huge markup. They would put just little markups in there. More recently, they haven't, their offers haven't been as good. And a lot of the staff that they had in the Austin area, their office is much smaller there now. So I think, I think they learned a lot. Maybe they've, they've gotten a little bit more selective on their stuff. So I haven't been able to sell them anything in a few months. But I think kind of one of the ideas with that is because there are so many iBuyers, it's going to make a lot of sense for these big companies um, that, ha- that have these giant real estate companies. Instead of starting their own iBuyer, like it makes a lot more sense to merge with the ones that are out there to, to be able to do something with their leads. And I think Open Door is probably ideal for that. I mean, they, they've raised a whole bunch of money, but, I, but I've seen them you know, just doing less deals than they were when they started. So part of, part of the deal with the RealSure platform currently, right, is, is not the um it's not so much i'll buy I'll, I'll buy your house but it's that i'll make you non-contingent on your move up right and the way i'm going to make you non-contingent on your move up is i'm going to give you a letter that says you're going to say that you're a cash buyer right buying your move up house um and i'm going to give you that via a bridge loan right and then i'm going to charge you like two percent on your bridge loan right? On, on the house that you're buying, right? So, so take that out. So, so I'm getting ready to list my house for sale and go make an offer to somebody else. And what the, these guys are saying is, hey, we're going to give you a loan on the existing house that you're at. So that way you don't have to sell your house first. It kind of does it in the right order, right? People, you know, they don't have to sell their house, then move. They can actually make an offer with this company. Yeah, so they got competing of- offers and they're like, oh man, I can't compete because I'm, I got a, all my equities in my primary residence. So RealSure says we're gonna we're gonna give you the we're gonna we're gonna pretend like you're a cash buyer and you're gonna be able to write an offer that says I'm cash so that you beat out the seven other offers. Right. Well, and that's some of that. That's some of the other news that we saw too. Right? Is is there's new companies coming out there doing the same thing? You know. Yeah. The- Tim Heil has one called Homeward. They they just got twenty five million dollars in funding, which is a lot of money, to do the same thing. Right, to, to basically, well, here's the thing. Let me be devil's advocate for a minute, right? Like, you, you know, okay, so I, I, get the, I, get the, I, I get the premise, right? I get the premise that, you know, part of our iBuyer program is, hey, you know what, don't, don't sell your house short, right? Don't give away your house just yet. 
let me make you non-contingent. You buy this other house and then you could sell your house at market value, right? So it's part of that process, right? And, um, and the way we're going to do this is we're going to give you a letter that says you're a cash buyer, even though you're not a cash buyer. And we're going to buy the house for you. And then you pay us like Homeward's uh, company, right? Homeward, uh, the, the startup uh, charges 1.9%. They actually buy the house. And then when you sell your actual house, you, pay, you buy it from them. They promise not to sell it to anybody else. It's like to take it off the market. You're, you're, you're saying, hey, take this off the market so it's mine, then I can sell mine. It's definitely a need, right? I, and that just goes to show how many giant companies are starting to invest in real estate right now. Because when we started flipping, we needed 10 or 20% per house. And these companies are saying, hey, there's, there's, a, there's like a three or 4% margin here that we could do. You know, the, the well, it's the same, it's similar. It's a, mar- it's a margin enough though. Like, so, okay, let me just go back to Homeward, right? 1.9%. I know in Maryland, the transfer taxes are 2%, right? 1% to the buyer, 1% to the, the seller, usually, roughly, right? So if Homeward's charging 1.9, then that leaves 0.9%. And, and you got other closing costs. You got to pay the title company. You got to pay, you know, you got to pay things, right? So there's not, there's not much left for profit. You know, when Homeward or RealSure buys the house for you cash and then you buy it back again. I just don't know if the margins are, I guess maybe they're just using some investor money just to lose money at first, maybe you think, or, or, or whatever. And then, and then eventually it'll be 3% or 4% um, or 5%. You know what I mean? I, what, it just doesn't, it seems to me like there's not enough profit in there. So talk yeah. to me about this. Yeah. You know, the, I, a lot of technology companies aren't, ba- their values aren't based on profit. They're based on potential. You know, like Facebook was worth a gazillion dollars before they had ever made any money because they saw the potential. It was losing money like crazy and its value kept going up because of its reach because they knew that one day when they turned on that profit center, it was going to be hugely profitable. And that's what we've seen now. It took several years for them to turn it on and then they turned it on. And I think that a lot of these iBuyers are doing that. I mean, I read an article I, somewhere that was like, you know, some of the first properties that Zillow and Open Door and those guys bought had lost a ton of money, right? But they were still celebrating it because it was like, hey, this guy clicked and said, buy my house and we bought it and we fixed it and we sold it. So we showed that that could be done. And then, so starting with, is 1.9 enough? I can't imagine how 1.9 yeah. is enough unless there's a whole bunch what of is, well, what, what, what do you think the margins are for? So, I mean, so clearly we found that there's two ways to do this. You buy the house for the person, you know, who wants to buy it so they're non-contingent. Or you buy their house, which is what you did five or six times. You buy your house and then you're non-contingent because you got an offer on your house. Right. Both ways work, right? What is the margin do you think that, that, that these iBuyer companies are making? Or do you think they're all losing their ass? The, it's funny. They're all, most of them are growing. But I, you know, I think maybe now they're starting to get more profitable as they come up with the systems in place. You got to think too. If you're an individual house flipper and you're going to go out and spend $200,000 on a house, you're hoping to make ten dollars to $20,000 on that because you're going to have that experience for three or four months. The bigger money gets, the more they look at annualized return instead of per house. So a big fund is going to tell you, hey, for your $200,000 investment, we're going to give you 8% per year as your return, right? So, which isn't very much. So they're only trying to make $1,500 a month. So 
So the more, once they get the systems in place where it actually operates like a fund, where if it's 1.9% and their average hold time is like 60 days or, you know, or something like that, you could look at that and say, all right, that's a 12% annual return. There's room for that. But that requires systems. I mean, I think, I think when they start, they all lose their ass. And then as they get better systems and they start to tighten up their overhead and things like that, they can become profitable. But, but so far, I don't know. You know, I don't know who's the most profitable yet. I think, I think still they're trying to prove out like, hey, this is a system that could someday be profitable. Yeah. And well, so so that, that kind of leads to his other um, prediction here. He says, I, I buyer market share will surge. And let me tell you that, let me read this to you. Um, again, talking about the same stuff we've just been talking to, right? I buyer will represent... 50% of all sales in major U.S. markets by the end of the year. 50%. Every successful agent and broker will offer an instant offer solution on their own or in partnership with another company. That 50, 50% is bold, right? But the, but I don't know. I think everybody is. I mean, you have more and more sites that are, that are coming out there that are, that, you know, that's going to say, Hey, we'll make you an offer right now. So, so, you know, the way he says it is some version of I buying that says, Hey, I'll make you an offer now. You know, so the, so as a, at a brokerage level, these big companies, you're going to, I think at, at a high level on at Keller Williams, those on their main website, they'll have an opportunity for, we'll make you an offer or we'll list it. Whereas before it was just a catchy, thing that would set people apart. I think, I think everybody out there is going to offer some version. I don't know. I, I have a tough time thinking that 50% of them will have an iBuyer version like Open Door or like Zillow, where you get a true offer. In, in like a, a real one. You're like saying it, 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 you're saying I'll be marketing like a bait and switch. Oh yeah, we have one. Here's what it is. But you don't really want that. You'll make more money if you work with me and put it on the regular multiple list and do open houses and stuff. Oh, yeah, is that I what you're saying? I have received so many letters from agents that, that just for the house that say, Hey, we'll, we'll buy your house for a hundred thousand dollars or we'll list it for you for 200,000. It'll take whichever one you want. Right? <laughs> so you're saying that if this 50% number may be true, but where you're disagreeing is you're saying that, yeah, you know, that 90% of those 50% are don't really want to buy their house, right? That just, they're just giving them lip service. Yeah. Or don't really have the ability right? It just, it takes a lot of effort. I, and we've got, our businesses have tried it and done okay with it, but it takes a lot of effort to actually deliver an offer quickly, be able to deliver an offer that you can close on without it being some form of a, of a bait and switch. It's a hard, it's a hard business. The, uh, so yeah, I, 10% will be able to do it, do it successfully or actually put their money where their mouth is and close on a house. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10 hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you 
paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat, $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com, futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're gonna give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. I just wonder if then, because so many of them coming out and because everybody's, uh, you know, every company is opening their own version of it, if they'll start competing, if the margins will start shrinking just because they're, you know, they'll go to Keller Williams and they'll get an offer, you know, for 210 and then they'll go to Remax and they'll get an offer for 211 and then they'll go to Compass and get an offer for 212, you know, or then they'll go to Zillow and get one for 213. Like, I mean, is that? That's totally going to happen. I've, you know, we have, we put signs in all of our yards that says, I'll buy your home, right? Like we're not an eye buyer, but we'll tell people, Hey, we're, fl- we're fixing this one. But like, let us make you an offer. And they will, if anyone that calls us, they send us the offer from open door and Zillow. And they're like, Hey, can you match this? Can you do it? Mm, so they're really? definitely competing them. Uh, like people are naturally having them compete. One funny twist that, you know, we talked about it last time is, is 
you know, people won't be able to wholesale anymore. People won't be able to do pocket listings, off-market off listings. I think a big version of iBuyers is that. They're making an offer and then they're Wait, Slow this stuff. down. Slow it down. Why? Well, so a lot of the people that are making the offers, you know, they'll make a $100,000 offer, even open door, but the smaller versions, open door is closing with their cash, but the smaller versions, they make an offer, you agree to it. And then they send that contract out to somebody else and say, Hey, I got this tied up for a hundred thousand. Do you want to pay me 110? The NAR list ruling a couple of weeks ago was you can no longer do pocket listings like that. So yeah, I think yeah, that'll yeah. affect the iBuyer a little bit. I see what you mean. Yeah. Cause we talked about that. Yeah. And but let's think about this. But there's, but 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 the but the the consumer has not listed with an agent. So that NAR thing was really for agents, right? It was like a a thing for agents to abide by, right? The consumer doesn't have a license. So if the consumer wants to interview five iBuyer companies. I think the consumer gets to do whatever they want with that. I, I think my point was that was some of the people making those offers are the guys that aren't going to be able to close it themselves anyway. They make the offer to tie it up and then wholesale it to somebody else. And so that person making the offer, there might be- I can't, I can't imagine how fast and efficient it's going to be when, when you have a company like Open Door competing against a company like you know, EXP or, or KW or whatever, you know what I mean? They've got a, they're going to have the, the, the brokers has got a, a ton of bureaucracy probably in the system that, 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 that the open door doesn't have, you know what I mean? It's like you said, they're not going to be able, they're not going to be in a position to make a quick decision, a strong decision really fast, or maybe they will. I don't know. What do you think? You know, maybe that prediction is somebody's going to create one website that goes and gets the offers from open. There, there is one. Uh, there's a guy. There's a guy that came on. I and I wish I remembered it, but I don't. Um, you know, he. Um, yeah, he has that thing where he'll he'll actually go out. He'll do the work for you. His his software will do the work for you. So you're the consumer. You go to his software. It goes out and goes to Aaron, and it goes to all these high buyers, it gets five offers and gives you all five. Yeah, I think, so that, I mean, so that's the technology that, that, that is proof that the margin for those high buyers is going to go down on the actual purchase. The only thing that's going to make them profitable is that, is if they also get their operations, if they cut those operation costs now that they know how it all works. And that's also, that's, I mean, that's, those are the perfect businesses for mergers as well, right? All those different high buyers can merge into one. They, they get to cut their overhead down to one and do 10 times as many transactions. Yeah. All right. And the, and, the, and the last one that I think is worthy to talk about, he, you know, and, and again, you could beat a dead horse with this, but, uh, but uh, nonetheless, it's, it's worth mentioning. He says a squeeze on commission rates again, you know, predicted for 10 years, but it probably hasn't happened any, any, uh, in, in, it, it's always slow to go down. You know, I've been in it 35 years. You, you know, and and it is, and, and I've seen commissions compress, but extremely slow, right? And uh, so Brad Inman's saying all of a sudden there's going to be a squeeze. I mean, there, there's been a squeeze on him for a long time, but maybe maybe he's saying that the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, he's saying realtors will not be disintermediated, meaning, you know, they're still going to be needed, Right. But the squeeze on commission rates will accelerate 
as too many digital middlemen, and I'm going to have you define that, too many digital middlemen continue to get their hands in the pie. Talk to me about this, Aaron. You know, something that you said that that I hadn't even thought of, you talked about how slow they've actually come down. Because part of me thinks there's been a battle on commissions forever. As an investor, that's always the first thing that investors would say, like, what are you paying in commission? Well, my brother's an agent, let's pay him instead. And so there's there's been a, a squeeze for a certain percentage of the market forever. But when you think about how long it's taken, when my grandma was first listing houses for us, she talked about, oh, we used to charge 6% and we could get both sides and now it's 5 but really, you're right. It's down to like, maybe it's an average of- There's no real boldness where someone's like, I'll, I'll give you 500 bucks. What? Yeah. I'll, you yeah. know, that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just no obnoxious ch- negotiating change in you're, it that I've yeah. seen. That I've, you know, they, it, it's always very slow. But anyways, go ahead. So yeah, it's super slow. Like digital middlemen. What, what's he talking about? You know, I think it's even just the technology that's out there. The digital middlemen, it's like realtor.com. So you can go on realtor.com, you can go on zillow.com, you can go on, on Redfin, you go on all these sites. And so now the consumer is educating themselves a lot more. You used to have to call your agent and say, I want a house with a pool at 3,000 square feet and your agent would have to send you this sheet. And they did all the work and, and, and they would show it, show it to you and they would do that. But now the consumer says, I'm the one that told them which house to show me. I should be able to pay less commission because of it. And and there is an argument with that. So, so part of that argument makes sense. But the actual deal and the negotiation is where the agents still have the ability to earn their keep, you know, to do the negotiation to say, hey, you were going to offer full price for this, but here's the comps. Let's offer a little bit less. And so the, um, and when we see iBuyers, I mean, I guess it goes hand in hand. If half the deals are iBuyer deals, well, then commissions will get cut down. We see lots of flat rate listing companies. We see them out there. But there's, I think it's still going to be a small percentage of the market. People that aren't really, really good or big, you know, transactions when they're selling a lot of houses, I could see the, the rates going down. But the, I think it'll just challenge agents to work harder to earn their part of that commission to show why they're, I mean, I had, I had a sale that was, most of the time when I hire an agent, I want to say, hey, I'm giving you 10, 10 different listings. These things are turnkey. We know exactly what it's going to sell for. It's going to be a VA buyer. You're going to have very little work. I want to pay you 1% as a commission fee. So that, and, and a lot of times that happens, but I recently did a deal up in, up in Portland, Oregon, where uh, it was similar. I was, I was kind of jaded to the idea that my agent's not going to be able to help me do that much. And we had an offer for like 650,000 and I'd had the house for so long, I was ready to get rid of it. And he said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And he negotiated and got, and we ended up getting multiple offers and highest and best. And we sold it for like 30 or 40,000 more than I was ready to accept on it because he did his job as an agent. And it kind of re-inspired me to realize like, no, agents that do a good job and earn that are worth their commission. Um, yeah, and then some. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, but I, you know, what I think he's talking about here is kind of the same strategy that you've used to negotiate commissions for yourself in that you don't have time for the BS and the sales pitch or whatever. And you're just like, look, dude, there's 12 agents that I can choose from. I'm calling you. You want 10 listings or not? And it's, uh, they, the REO, REO outsourcers like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac and stuff like that do the same thing. They're like, dude, I'm going to give you, you know, 20 listings, 50 listings a year, but this is all I'm going to pay you. If you don't want it, I'll give it to somebody else. And, and most agents are like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take that deal. So it's the same thing, but the digital m- middlemen are like online things where like um, 
where you could go in and you could find out, you can interview five agents online without physically meeting them. And they got to put, oh, I'll sell your house for 375 and I'll charge you this much commission and I'll spend this much in an advertising budget and whatever. That's kind of like a middleman. And in the past, what's happened is, oh, I want to interview three agents. And then you get emotionally caught up in it and they sell you on why they're worth their commission. And then because it's a human being to human being interaction, the commissions tend to be higher because you're, you're sold and it's hard to say no up close. But with digital middlemen, it could be like Redfin or whatever, you know, oh, I could do this company for this or this company for this. I don't really need to meet anybody. Just fill out the form and they're going to come out and put a lockbox on, you know? So yeah, uh, I think that, you know. On the listing side, we see that. I mean, as, as buyers, I was thinking more like, hey, the, the realtor.com, but we, there's a company in Texas that we use and they charge seven bucks a day and we upload our pictures and they, and they list it and they're, and they're the agent on there. I think there's, there's going to be- Wait a minute, they're, they're a listing company. They will list your house for seven bucks a day. Yeah, they'll, get, they'll take the professional pictures. <laughs> I've know, never heard of this. Yeah, they'll, they'll upload it. They, they, they charge $7 a day you know, for, for, for the listing. And so, so you've had that house 90 days, you end up paying, you know, 600 bucks for the commission. Yeah. But and, they don't, that's fascinating. Yeah. And there's more and more of those out there. I mean, really it's the job to get it, get it on the MLS for you. I put on Facebook once I said, Hey, I've got five houses I need to list in Sacramento. Does anyone want to do it for, for one point listing fee? Right. And I, and within an hour I had like 50 messages and I was like, yeah, that's the other, that's the other version of a of a middleman is just exact same thing. Exact same thing. You know what I mean? That's you're the, you were the digital middle, the digital middleman was Facebook. Yep. Exactly. Like I don't want to meet you there. I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I I really, you know, don't want to get caught up in emotionally. And then it takes the ability for the agent to build a relationship out of the transaction and causes what Brad is saying here, a squeeze on commissions. So I, I think there will probably be more examples of squeezing because of those digital metalmen that are out there. But I don't know if it's going to be any more of a dramatic of a shift than, than what we've seen prior. He said there's too many of them, right? Realtors will be, well, you know, basically the squeeze on commission rate will accelerate too many digital middlemen. Well, uh, and, and also he said, get their hands on the pie. So I think he's talking about like, you know, op city and realtor.com and, and, um, all these other companies, Zillow that are taking part of the commission, taking referral fees, right? Exactly. Exactly. So you're taking referral fees. That's a piece of the pie. Yeah, there's, and, and, and more and more people, I mean, so much technology coming into real estate, there's so many transactional type things and fees that are coming on, that, that come with that technology too, that someone's going to, you know, agents have to pay it, somebody has to pay it. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Aaron, well, listen, we're out of time and out of news. I appreciate uh, you coming on the day. This has been a blast. I will see you for the next State of the Market. I cannot wait. Thanks, everybody. Bye. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists. 
open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.